welcome to the best band I ever played with. This is a show about people who play live music, but not necessarily people who are famous and not always even people who do it as their main job. But it's about people who will play week in and week out in pubs, in small venues, occasionally in people's basements. They do it wherever they can to whoever will listen, normally for a small amount of money and some warm cans of Red Stripe, if they're lucky. That would normally be me, but the pandemic has forced myself and a lot of others to take a break. There's not been a lot of gigs on, really, so I thought it'd be nice to chat to some other people who did this. My guest for this episode has been around the block a bit. Most recently, he was playing with the Leeds-based post-punk band Luma, but also with Vulgarians who, if like me, if you were cooking dinner and listening to Radio 6 at various times between 2017 and 2018, you will have heard a few times. I think Steve Lamack really liked them. He also played with Pilgrims, who regular listeners will remember from episode two with Matthew Hoyk. In this chat, we talk about deciding to play gigs around Europe, mistakes you can make at the, when you start a band, and the best band that he ever played with. So there's more from me at the end, uh, but first, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Tom Foster. McDade's in Le Havre. Yes, yeah. McDade's is this crazy Irish bar, and it was our third gig there. So, so we had like, like there's these dudes who'd been to every one of our shows there, which was really cool. So we met them again, um, and it ended like ended with like a big party, and there was like an air rifle. Um, it, yeah, it was weird. It was fun there. Yeah, you've done a fair bit of the uh, the European show. Yeah, done done France a lot, and then done Rotterdam quite a bit. Um, but mainly just France and Rotterdam. I don't, I don't know why those two places, but <laughs> you know, just the city of Rotterdam and a lot of France. <laughs> um, but that's about it. But how, yeah, how did that come about then? Because I mean, it's not like that's something everyone's been doing. Yeah, it's not your average underground UK band fair, is it? Um, well, to be honest, like a lot of it, a lot of the, the stuff with Luma came about just because we were quite. To be honest, arrogant little bastards, um, and we saw what a lot of other bands were doing, and we just thought, well, if they're doing it, they're shite. We can do it, um, and we we're really quite frustrated by a lot of the uh, cliqueiness and industryness of things. So we just went out and did things ourselves. So the first time we went over to Europe, it was with Andy, our old manager, um, and he'd been TMing. So he'd been driving like, a lot of Australian bands, uh, a lot of garage bands and stuff around Europe, and he'd got quite linked in with a few promoters over there. And we sort of, you know, the first one we it wasn't financially viable at all, mate. It was like fuck it, we've got a show in we've got a show in the half. Didn't I never? I didn't even know where the half was, mate. I'd never heard of it. Um, uh, and actually, it's one of my favourite cities in France now. It's like a fucking like a brutalist really really gorgeous post-war city in the north of france it's fucking cold but it's lovely um uh yeah we just sort of we just sort of picked up these odd shows and the first time we went to the netherlands it was on this first thing when we went to la Havre and went to rotterdam um we played two shows uh well one in a squat and one in a fucking studio and we just met this guy he ran this studio nick lovely guy still friends actually um sit like I go back to Rotterdam every year in October. Um, obviously, can't 
this this month. Obviously, Bedroom we're going to be playing, um, and I was going to go see them, but that's not happening now. But um, this guy Nick has a really cool studio. I think he's just moved his studio actually. Um, but, like it was so crazy. We just like walked into this room and like it, 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 the building had been all sorts of things. It'd been like in the war. It was like. Um, where they'd like stitch like uniforms and stuff and then it was like a school and then it'd been like a Pentecostal church and then it was a recording studio um, and he had like loads of old vintage gear and it's like dude how do you get like a matte amp blue to the Netherlands you know what I mean how did you get this amp like it, uh, sorry I'm, I'm going off I'm going off track here now <laughs> um, but we met loads of cool people and we just sort of yeah it was just sort of one thing led to another really um, until we had a bit of a presence um, we realized like obviously these bands like Shame and they actually built they built their, their their career really off a lot of French touring. So it goes to show, like if, you know, there, there is definitely um, uh, Anglophilia over there. They they love British bands and they fucking like get a right rock on for British music. So um, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. It, like it, you get more interest and like over there than you do playing in your own home, hometown. So once we realised that and realised that we were going to get paid like you know 400 euros for it and loads of wine it's like a fucking no-brainer <laughs> uh, but yeah that, that's sort of that really that's sort of how it started yeah it's funny because you hear people talk about um like booking a show in like glasgow or something which is nominally in the same uh state yeah <laughs> uh, as um nearly said country there mm. don't want to <laughs> don't want to tr- trigger anything um <laughs> And just like having, then coming back and just be like, this was a terrible idea. No one came. It took ages. So I mean, the <laughs> idea, like the idea of like, you know, you guys going off to uh, Rotterdam, France, Belgium, whatever, mm. um, seems like quite an interest. Quite like a, I don't know, almost like more bold like more risky thing to do but it's that sounds like travel further yeah go even further and see what yeah <laughs> well that's the thing yeah. you pretty much described our first and only glaswegian show there um it was fucking long drive you got there we we, we supported probably the worst band i think i think i think we were going to talk about some of the best bands we've played with i think the worst was probably in glasgow um if any of them heard this, I'm, I really would want to apologise to them and just like an off their band, but they were really bad. Um, it was sort of like a bad Morrissey, um, like, oh, how to describe him? It was like the, the singer of Scouting for Girls and Morrissey had a fucking weird child. Um, and that was his presence. He was sort of doing that, um, singing about going for tea with some girl. And it was just like, man this is bad. This is really bad. <laughs> <laughs> and they were called the Yearmans as well. The Yearmans. I don't know if they're still a the thing. The Yearmans. But we actually ended up staying wow. at two of their houses and they lived in this really like gorgeous tenement flat in, in Glasgow and we had a really nice time and just got stoned and they had all this, um, these old BBC radio preamps and they were like, oh yeah, yeah, the, uh, the radio station were just selling it all, getting rid of it like really cheap like what <laughs> so they just had this cr- they had this like crazy like banjacks old bbc set up in their living room and like they had like um they had like a a little you know those old tiny tvs you get like um in your grandma's old bedroom or something the little square ones I had like yeah. one of them but then they'd like rigged it with like their old games console and like a projector it was just like the craziest stoner setup going it was just like you guys are great so i have love for the airmans but also yeah, the yeah, man. So, uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm deviating a bit here. 
sitting with you and you said something along the lines of um, that when you were in Pilgrims, you made like every mistake that a band could make. Yeah, 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 we did. Yeah. <laughs> what what mistakes? Um, so like everything, like to be honest, like, I still I still have so much love for Pilgrims. Like um, I still fucking love Pilgrims, to be honest. Like I'm really proud of all the music. Um, but then like we just, we were just so shit. Like we, we weren't, we couldn't manage a band. Like we had no idea how to manage a band. We had no idea how to, I mean like we could get gigs in that we just made gigs happen and then played. <laughs> we like, we couldn't get gigs, you know what I mean? And we couldn't, we, 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 when things didn't work, we just made things. So like we couldn't get any shows in Leeds. So we just made a show in Leeds. Um, like we weren't you know, we were disappointed with the general scene in Huddersfield so we sort of just made a bit of a scene there and like really really pushed people to gigs and made these crazy shows so it was like I don't know all these mistakes like yeah like releasing music like I didn't I didn't realize that there was such like um you know like there was a right way to do that or how to get an audience or how to engage your your fans or whatever or it was just like yep we're a band fucking come along you know what i mean like and you know we had no idea what we were doing <laughs> um and i just think if those songs were put in the right hands i think they could have been like you know we could have done a lot more i think i think we could have done a lot more but alas you know you learn you learn from these things yeah you do i think um when you do these things uh most of your learning comes from uh trial and error exactly because i mean there's not a lot of, um, I mean, you know, obviously some people uh, that like happen to be around the right people who know certain things, but exactly. like if, but if you're not, then it's a lot of like, oh, well, I guess I'll just put this thing online and see what happens. Yeah. And usually nine out of 10 times, fuck all happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that. And that's what we learned. It was like, no one cares. No one gives a shit about the North. Um, no one cares about guitars really anymore or like lads singing like so like, oh actually yeah maybe maybe this has been a bit trodden you know this ground's a bit fucking you know a bit trodden over but i don't know i still think there's i think there's still some appeal in like songwriting and songcraft and i think i think people out there still fucking you know want to hear if you could oh, this is a very cliched question but coming up hit, um, hit and the thing is like this this is a question that people uh, asking interviews a lot and it's never actually it never gets a particularly good answer um, so I'll be perfect too <laughs> yeah <laughs> but I think it is quite I think it is an interesting question and because um, certainly I'd like um, you know just thinking back to when say I was first playing gigs or like people I know were first playing gigs um, and you sort of think like I'm, I'm looking back now like, there weren't a lot of people around us who knew what to do so it was a lot of like feeling out and like but what would you what would you say if you could go back in time to um to young a, a younger year old false who was just yeah and just be like yeah and here are things that you are gonna do but you shouldn't do it you should do it like this uh, save myself some time um yeah <laughs> Fuck! If I could go back, go back and give myself one bit of advice. Thing is, like advice that isn't like, oh, just chill out. 
like just don't don't take it too seriously man yeah like, that's that's not that's the that's the que- that's the answer that like gets given a lot yeah because the thing is and, and if i'm sorry i like, went back to myself i was like whoa it's me from the future and i was just like yeah just chill out man <laughs> i'm fucking pissed like what do you mean just fucking chill out who the fuck are you uh, <laughs> you know don't come back here telling me to calm down fucking uh well, you know There's what t- time travel is real yeah <laughs> fucking what <laughs> um yeah i don't know i think i would probably be like um you know what move to london uh <laughs> <laughs> fuck off huddersfield you, it's, you, you're not gonna it's not gonna happen you know even leeds just don't bother, mate. Don't bother. There's, you know, there's been Gang of Four, there's been Pale Saints, there's, there's people from Leeds, Kaiser Chiefs, but Leeds isn't even happening. Go to fucking London. That's what I'd say. I'd say move to the fucking south because, you know, like you were saying earlier about Rotterdam and stuff, if you're in fucking London, you're in Paris, you know, as, yeah. as far as things go. Like, you, you, could, you, you can fucking get to Paris easier than you can get to Glasgow. So fucking, oh, yeah. you know, if, if, if you can take on fucking London, Paris, mate, you've taken pretty much, you know, Forget America. You don't need to get in. Get in with the Parisians, mate. They're way cooler. Fucking just do that. Go, go there. Go to London and and, and get another jacket. You know that's what. <laughs> that's what I'd say. <laughs> if, if you know, fucking, that's what I'd say. Who is the best band that you ever shared a lineup with? Fuck. <laughs> okay, at this point, I've got to shout out a number of bands because um, you know they're fucking absolute legends. Um, I've been very fortunate to share fucking stage with a number of bands um, over the years, and uh, some really, really fucking good ones. Um, ones that well, you know, made us go, oh shit. I need to be, need to do better. <laughs> a lot of bands like that. Um, chronologically, I'll just I'll drop a few, just because they're just absolutely, you know, I, I think these have shaped everything. You know, these are bands that have like, you know, definitely shaped how, you know, I want to do things. So there's a band called um, Pepe Silvia, um, a band from Huddersfield uh, Leeds sort of end. Um, guy called Sean, he was in Colour of Spring as well, and a few other things. Um, but it's like a side project. And they were just awesome, man. Um, they had a, a proper, like, fucking Velvet Underground sort of vibe to them. But then who else? Yeah, fucking loads of sick bands, to be honest. Um, but bands on we met on the road. Um, there's a band called Blind Alon from a uh, project of Side uh, was, was one dude. And uh, bubbled into, like, a full project, um, a full band thing. Um, and it's really cool, like, sort of, like, dark wave, um, like, French dark wave, and remixes a lot of tracks. It's fucking cool, man. Um and we played with them in Toulouse, and it was like, whoa, yeah, like, we can, this is cool, like, we're sitting on a bill with, like, an act like this, like, we can bring more electronic stuff in, and they had um, a member who, um, uh, she was, uh, she, she's an artist, and she was, like, had, like, had live projections, and she had, like, a video turntable, and so she had, like, um, 
she'd like composed like like she had like full bands for each track and like she'd basically like it made a like, individual artwork for each song and it was fucking really cool so it had like, this whole visual element as well and it was just like whoa shit yeah but uh, yeah they're a big one band alone check them out um and that's yeah they're still bopping away uh, and pig frenzy and then another one we met on the road um uh, met a guy timo um sort of this is sort of leading on to probably i don't know the band i don't know if they are the band i don't know if, I don't know. I don't know. You'd be asking this question any day, and it'd, it'd be one of these bands that I'm saying today. But all of these bands I mentioned are, are very significant. Um, yeah, Pig, Pig Frenzy, absolutely. You know, Timo, absolute fucking legend. Um, he like sorted us out um, when we first went over to like, the Netherlands and stuff. And um, yeah, they're his band, and they're like these crazy fucking punk bastards from Rotterdam, and they're just like, I just it's, the energy is insane, and I just like I fucking They've got this like real kooky guitar sound. Um, their guitarist plays in like like a shoegazy sort of band as well. So it's like it's really cool. Like the spin on things, you know, just playing like hardcore punk. You know, <laughs> it's like not a conventional sort of approach. Um, fucking drummer used to wear a fucking pig mask as well, and it's like, dude, you must be sweating, man. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it was crazy. Uh, yeah, pig frenzy, a big one. But you wanted to. You sent me a message that said. Quim Reaper. Yeah, Quim Reaper we banned. We got introduced to by our old manager and um Andy and uh there was this um garage band from um the Isle of Wight. Four guys. And they were just fucking mental to be honest. Like all the things we'd heard about them through our manager was just like, All right, yeah, okay, whatever Andy. And then we actually met him, we're like, Oh my god. <laughs> for real you know what i mean like that like so like the luke who's like who played guitar and sang a bit because they all like sort of swapped around quite a bit um he'd been in like um another band called like spaff tits and they're called um but this was like this was quite a big deal because they, they they were like on bills with like um they they sort of like had a thing in london had a bit of a presence and like they were on bills with like happy meal limited and stuff back in the day and like bulgarians and like um other like bands who actually went on and like did things. It was like, oh shit, this fucking band called Spaff Tits from my... <laughs> like, what? <laughs> so then he ended up starting this band, Quim Reaper, and like he used to do all the art and stuff, and it was all like very like political, like collagey, like school drawings and very crude and cocks everywhere, and like it was like, but it, it was kind of cool, man. Like it was so shit and so but so consistent. Like it like it was it actually had like a, an aesthetic, and it was like, oh shit, man. Like this is cool. Like like. This is like your thing. And like, you went around his house, and his house was just full of art, and like had this music room of like just full of kooky old music gear. And it's like, oh shit, this is like for real. Like like you you actually do this. And he had fucking like grinders with like that they just like got like fucking shit stickers on and just put on and like doodled over and like like they told us merch and stuff. And it was like, oh my goodness, like this is sick. <laughs> um, it was sort of like, oh okay, because we we ended up staying there. That's how we met them. Like we um. It was our first show because we were on this like little European leg, and um, we'd uh, we'd gone down to the Isle of Wight, um, fucking gorgeous, uh, never been before, and it was like, oh my god, and we met them all there, and we played a show with them, at this this bar up in there, uh, and we stayed at the singer's house, Luke stayed at his house um, for a few days. It was really it was really lovely, and that's before we did our first like European days. So we went to the Isle of Wight, and then we went over to uh, went over to France. Uh, yeah, I've, I've um, 
I've yeah. So they've got this one EP on Bandcamp uh, entitled Quim Reaper EP. Yeah, the self-titled. Um, came out December 2016. Um, that's great. Really enjoyed listening to that. Um, I love that EP. It, it's very. What's the word? Um, like it's. Uh, yeah, so I've, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll just. I found this review of it on louderthanwar.com. Oh, man. Uh, which is. Yeah, it just says um, proper punk rock from the devil's own garage. Um, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's quite. Like, all the songs are like tight, two minute, three minute. I mean, not even three, but like only like one of them goes over three, but the rest is like low twos, couple under two, um, like real basic, like two, three chords, ramshackle. Yeah, quite romantic. Um, lot of energy. Um, really enjoyable. Like I had a lot of fun listening to it. Yeah, man. Um, like, I, I, I've, I've, like we found like we, 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 we had a copy in the fucking like, in Ben's car and. We used to like listen to it once or twice. And, oh shit! Listen to it twice. You know, what I mean, it's only twenty five minutes, but you can like blast it yeah. a couple of times. You're like, oh yeah, it just rolls around really nice. Like, mate, and that energy is like, oh, the live show was just something else. Like, and they made that EP themselves. They completely self produced it. Illy, the bass player, he um he produced it, um did it on tape and stuff. So it's like, you know, and they got it all printed. They did it all themselves. I loved their fucking ethos, man. It was like DIY, 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 like. They made all their own art, they did it all themselves, they made all their own merch, they made all their own fucking CDs, they had a real presence and they just done it themselves. They booked all their own fucking shows, like, because no one's going to fucking book a band called Quim Reaper, you know what I mean? Like, fucking, they did it themselves. Yeah. Like, it was fucking brilliant. And they had a real presence and, like, fans and stuff. Like, it was it was insane. Like, um, the fucking, like, you know, everyone on the island knew who they were. Like, <laughs> um, and they had a bit of a presence in, like, Bristol and London as well. So, like, but then, um, yeah, they, uh, they, they 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 folded and three of the, the band, um, pardon me, three of the band went on to form um, Bully Bones, I believe they're called, uh, in Bristol, and they're like a similar sort of garage band and they've like a seven-inch record cut, um, and so they're cracking on. I still need to go and see them actually. I haven't seen them since they've been in Bristol. Keep saying I will. I need to go down. Um, and then uh, Luke uh, is done a few EPs in a band called uh, Fat Earthers originally it was him and two drummers and it's just now him and the drummer um, so they're, they're, they're also making music but the band sort of like split into two ways so Luke's gone and done his thing with Fat Earthers and then they've gone and done Bully Bones um, but yeah that's that's how it that's, that's sort of missing all the juicy bits I mean what else do you want to know <laughs> yeah I was going to say um, I've, I think it's always f- fun to just identify uh, a group of people who um, just have very little intention of mainstream acceptability um, just right off the bat by having a name like Quim Reaper, which <laughs> um, for the, for those who don't know, Urban Dictionary defines Quim Reaper as a name associated with a chap who gets more than his fair share of Fanny Rudder action. <laughs> um, alternatively, uh, it's fucking incredible. Someone who hunts for minging birds, aka rough poon. 
Who writes um, this? Uh, that was written by a guy called Luke Doherty in May 20th, 2009. Wow. Aged like a fine wine. So, I mean, it's a fairly, it's a pretty vile, (laughs) vile term um, to choose to like represent yourself as, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, right, right there, that's like a commitment to, uh, the DIY ethos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, uh, they, 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 they set down that road um, pretty early. On. I mean, they, they look great. Um, I, yeah, I'd highly recommend people look up their uh, EP on Bandcamp, have a little listen. So, like, I, I feel like since we're talking about it and talking about the band, and like, I feel like I know more than most because I was like around at the time. Um, yeah, they fucking. There's like a whole mysterious. Um, yeah, so the mystery of the album two or EP two or whatever it was going to be. Um, basically, there exists like there exists an actual tape, like because it was recorded. Our sets that were um, Duct Tape Studios in Rotterdam recorded, so they're set at the time full of new material um, and like covers that we're going to put on the next EP. Was all recorded to like tape and like, eight track properly done in the studio, and that exists. But it's never been like nothing's ever been done with it, and obviously the band broke up like after that tour. So it's like, oh my god, I need to get hold of those fucking tapes. You're telling me that uh, there is a lost Quim Reaper yeah. album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like a whole thing. It's like, oh shit, I need to recover that man because there's there's like some uh, there's like a, like a, um, loads of Luma jam sessions as well. Like so we spent the next few days at the studio just jamming. Um, and there was a fucking coffee shop down the road so we like got into stuff from the coffee shop went to the studio and I had it like you could go on the roof so we were just on the roof like looking across Rotterdam it's like we are some jammy gits <laughs> <laughs> it was like a Thursday or something we were just like there on a rooftop in the middle of Rotterdam just like yep <laughs> yeah this is alright this is alright life's, life's good it felt really good it was like shit we're here and we just fucking jammed all day with all this fucking vintage gear and stuff. Like, the, like Nick had like loads of um, old Fender Bassman amps and stuff. And like, oh man, honestly, like his this gear is just insane. So we were just like geeking out over all the instruments all day um, and having a grand old time. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's that lost Quim tape. Um, and it was such a shame because the band were fucking on top form on that tour, but they were just so like fractious. Like they were really at each other's throats. Um, I think a lot of cracks became apparent, but they were, they were they were fucking they were so fucking good. Like they were covering um covering the fall, which I think has in itself takes balls. Um, but they did a really good cover of um Totally Wired, and they did a cover of uh, Tanetta Druggie and a Bitch, and that was fucking incredible. Um, like I'd never listened to Tanetta before, and they had this Tanetta CD like uh, in the van. So when we were like driving through France and Rotterdam, they like just had Tanetta playing, and like this. Like, I was sat in the fucking back of this van, and, like there was like this gear and stuff, and I was just on the floor, and I was just like, "Oh, this is like crazy! Like, what's going on?" Like, <laughs> this like the van broke so many times on that tour. Like, um, they had to get uh, a jump start off the ferry, I think, to get off the ferry, because um, like, like, yeah, it was fucking, it was like raggy. Um But yeah, and then it was, yeah, that was my birthday. Um, that was the end of the tour. Uh, it was about the last show was Hull. Um, yeah, so the, the whole gig was like into my birthday and we got this three litre bottle of Picardi on the um, <laughs> on the ferry <laughs> you know the massive you know the massive ones like novelty bottles 
Um, we yeah. got one for the the rider for the gig. Uh, <laughs> so there was like a bottle of champ, there was like a bottle of champagne in this fucking it was my twenty first, and this three liter bottle of Bacardi for the band, and it just got crazy, man. Like it was silly. We, we blew the speakers of the, the blue, we blew. It was like this little um locals pub in like an industrial estate in Hull. Um, I'm not going to name it for fear of retribution. Um, <laughs> but we um we like like they, let, they went in a few weeks before because it was like, near our practice room and they went in like oh can we do this because I like a, like they allow functions so, like yeah all right and then we just fucking held this fucking mental gig there on Halloween and it was rammed <laughs> like there was like eighty odd people in there and it was a tiny pub and we like we turned up with a fucking three liter bottle of Bacardi before we were playing and they're like what they're <laughs> 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 no, like yeah you're you all right with it you're all right and they're like as long as we can keep the bottle afterwards we're like yeah right sound um so <laughs> then, like and at the end we were fucking like pouring fucking drinks for like the landlady's like mum and shit it was fucking it was wild and um, but we were all dressed like we were all cross-dressed like but um i, I had a dress on um i think i looked rather fe- rather fetching but um yeah Quinn Reaper, they used to dress up like for every gig so halloween was like just like normal for them they used to like have all sorts of outfits like, i used to dress up as like nurses <laughs> and like um jumpsuits and fucking like they just used to like war paint and like it was really cool man like they didn't take it seriously but then they also took it seriously a little bit like i don't know they, they, they struck the balance perfectly like um but yeah i'm just yeah i'm chatting again but yeah they were they were so good and yeah that, that gig on my birthday they um that was it that was the last one um and they broke after that um which is really sad and that ep never got released so but yeah, they were they were just so good, and after playing with them and just seeing how they did things, it was just like, oh yeah, shit, you can just do things. You can just get in a van, and drive somewhere if you booked a show, and just play and sleep on a couch and drive somewhere else, and you know, so it's fucking, you know, it doesn't it doesn't have to be as like, you know, I I, I almost feel like this feeling is like the antithesis of you know of, of everything I I like I think is good about music and what you can do with like music and where you can go and fucking like the sense of community and stuff like if that is the sort of homogenized fucking crap we're heading for like post-covid like all this fucking you know oh you, you, you know the sort of gigs i mean like where it's all the fucking it's all the same shite and it's that's what we're if that's what we're heading for fuck me because you know i think if anything we're playing with, with, with quinn it, it showed us like you know that that is literally that's you don't need that that's the opposite of I don't know, I'm trying shit again. I feel like, like, you know, I don't know, I'm trying shit. <laughs> if you enjoyed that conversation with Tom Foster, I highly recommend that you check out his Bandcamp project, Tollbooth Operator. Uh, there's a couple of songs up there link in the description obviously um, it's really good especially if you like sort of slower more like country-ish country teasers songs um, I highly recommend it I also highly recommend Quim Reaper um, the one album that is in the public domain uh, will be in the description uh, it's really good fun uh, won't take up too much of your today uh, we'll work on trying to find the lost album because uh, I for one am very interested in hearing it if you liked this then why not give it a like why not give it a comment um, 
just, you know, share it to someone else, you know, if you like it. I'm sure you have friends who also like it. Uh, the cover art was done by Isaac Gray. All the music that you can hear is, was done, that was done by me. Um, so, until next time, have a lovely day. Bye.